All right, what's going on? What's going on? Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Public Comments. Today is actually not Friday. It's better. Today is Sunday. What's good, Jordan? How you doing, bro? How's your weekend going? What's goody? Feeling good, bro. I'm feeling blessed. I freaking poked my eye on a plant, but <laughs> we're doing good, man. It was a good week. How was your week, up? Man, it was good. I didn't poke my eye. So that was, that's good. I can still see clearly. I can still see clearly. I like how we're both rocking jerseys today. Could I, I'm, I'm rocking Kobe, Mama Jersey, Avalanche, because they're supposedly, that's what that's what I hear, supposed to win. The, we're taking uh, home the cup tonight. That's what they say. I don't know. I might have to jump on FanDuel and bet against them. Oh, my gosh. Bro, <laughs> you're going to lose your money, bro. You're going to lose your money. We're taking the cup home tonight. Putting that out there. All right, we'll have to see. Anybody, anybody, if anybody's a, a hockey fan listening or watching, let's see what, uh, let's see what, let's see if we can play some bets over here. But good, man. I'm excited for, um, I'm really excited actually for today's conversation because um, it's uh, one that I think is um, overdue, first of all, because um, we have some very, very special guests. And it's cool because um, we've never had more than one guest um, on here. So today's got, we got two special guests. You want to introduce our first guest? Of course, I would love to. As we have today, as mentioned many times previously on the podcast, my girlfriend, Angie, I see like I'm super biased, my perspective on it. I, I love this girl. I adore this girl. Um, been with her for what, like almost three years now, babe. And it's been an amazing ride. We've been able to grow a lot together. We've been able to travel all over the world together. We do business together. We trade together. So it's been awesome. And I'm super excited to hear her perspective as well. She's very intelligent very opinionated. She keeps me in check. So I think she's going to bring a lot of good perspective and good energy to this podcast today. Let's go. I'm excited. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been knowing Angie for quite a while. She's all right, I guess. She's pretty cool. <laughs> um, but cool. And then our second guest today is um, actually a super mom. You know, I've said this a, a, a couple of times um, inside the podcast, you know, I have a true respect for women because I think that they could just do things so much better than men can, you know, and um, multiple success books that I've read, it, it said that with man is nothing without a woman, right? And so they're really nice. the, the catalyst, that divinity. And I respect women that really go above and beyond to build their, their life, to continue building their life, their business, and still take care of kids. So I've seen, you know, I've seen Taylor really do <laughs> God knows how many things at once, right? With two kids, arguably three, because, you know, Michael is, you know, sometimes... <laughs> depending on the day, you know, arguably three children that she has to take care of building a business, still being a mom and still taking care of herself. So um, I'm super excited to have two different perspectives because today we're really focusing on um, a specific topic that's kind of been going around everywhere, actually, which is um, like topic of like women's rights, abortions, you know, this whole lawsuit that just got overturned here this week. So why don't we start off with just you guys just kind of giving us um, just a little, you know, little history it doesn't have to be too crazy, but just kind of like who you are, where you come from, what you're up to nowadays. Um, let's start with uh, let's start with you, Taylor. Wow, thank you so much for that introduction. I am feeling honored and blessed to be here. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of your podcast. This is my second time being on a podcast, so I'm just grateful to be a part of your vision. Um, my name is Taylor Yedro. I am 24 years old, and I'm a mother of two little girls. So I started the journey of motherhood a little bit earlier than I would have ever imagined, but the perfect timing in my life because it's taught me so much and everything that I need to know to, I believe, become the woman that I want to be. 
Um, so to kind of give you a background, I'm from Guymon, Oklahoma. It's a really, really small town in Oklahoma in the panhandle that literally nobody knows about <laughs> yet. I'm putting my city on the map. Um, I've been with my husband now for seven years. So we moved to Dallas, we've moved to Michigan, we've been traveling together. We're now living in Puerto Rico. We just recently moved here with our family to pursue our business and to be around like-minded individuals because for the past three years, we've been pursuing entrepreneurship uh, within a trading community, learning a lot about cryptocurrency, learning a lot about e-commerce. And, you know, when we started this, our goal was to be able to raise our kids together at home. So when people ask me what I do, they're like, oh, okay, you work from home. What about your husband? And I'm like, he's at home with me too. And that's a dynamic that you, you won't see a lot. You see the man out working. And I think it's a blessing that we've been able to raise our children together at home just through um, what we've been able to learn. So that's kind of a background uh, for me and what I've been up to, my vision is to just help women um, understand themselves more so before they, they start a family. But if they're at that point in their lives, I also want to help them with that. But just helping women understand themselves, set goals for themselves so that they can be strong in who they are and what they bring to the table and how they complement the man that they're with. Because the things that I've seen and where I come from, uh, women can be very dependent on the man that they're with because that's what we're taught in Disney movies and you know how we're brought up. You find the man who saves you and he's gonna do everything for you. So I think it's super important that women come from a place where they know who they are, what they want, and they know what they bring to the table and they just add value to their family when they become a mother and a wife and whatever it is that they do. So that's what I'm passionate about. And I will go ahead and hand it off hand it off back to you. Thank you again for having me. Hey, thank you. Ange? Oh, I'm glad she went first because honestly, like her path kind of, um, yeah, she's, she's just made the pathway a little bit easier for me. She's someone who I look up to. Um, but you guys know, obviously, Jordan. So we've been together for about, yeah, three years. Um, but honestly, like the biggest inspiration to me and like what I want to do and what I want to get out of life is, like I said, sim similarly to Taylor, um, I have no babies yet, just this fur one. Um, but I imagine my life um, to be, and I'm creating this life um, with somebody so special to just be somebody who can have the freedom to just exist and, you know, set up a better, like, I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, you know, just to create a better future than, you know, the one that we had. I think that's what a lot of us do here. It kind of, you know, it's a lot of us is, you know, like our parents did the best that they could, but having learned the information that we have, like Taylor and Michael being an example, you know, being able to have a family in a way where you actually get to spend time with your kids as they grow up. Exactly. Yeah. So no babies yet, but he's taught me a lot. He's taught me a lot. Um, and just to be able to, you know, live life and exist with those people. Um, yeah, that's, that's genuinely what I'm looking forward to. Um, but yeah, we've been focusing on trading a lot. Um, I do have a nine to five and that's what kind of pushes me to not <laughs> continue this lifestyle. Um, it's like pushed me a lot for like further and harder to just, I don't know. I don't know why this is so hard for me to even talk in front of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. It's, it's, it always changes. It always changes when there's a, when, when you feel like there's 
there's a like the cameras rolling you know it's like such a natural thing but you know just for you guys like this is not like we're not running like a I know everybody's so used to like being on zoom and stuff and like having to like perform or something this is just a conversation that we just have like Jordan and I just bullshit the whole way through we come up with plan where's no like I have a notebook right here right when I come up with ideas but like I literally five minutes I got prepared five minutes before we started recording so you guys don't have to feel like you have to put pressure on it because the more natural it is the more the more real the conversation gets um especially because it is a tough subject you know like there's not like yo you know there's nobody to impress here (laughs) so that's 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 the cool thing about it but um I, Taylor said something really cool that I, I kind of wanted to uh, kind of kick off the, the subject with. And she, she mentioned um, Disney movies. This is going to be so interesting because we're talking to two different people. So yeah. like, I want to address two different things. It's going to be cool. I, I like this. Um, but real quick, before I get into that, um, I got a dog so I could practice being a dad. And that for sure has helped a lot. Like that's the responsibility that you have to take care of when you leave the house, feeding the dog, making sure that you take you know, when they're puppies, puppies, like taking like care of it and like wiping its ass, not literally, but you know, you know, sometimes. cleaning up after it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> so that I totally agree with that, you know, and, and that helps um, a lot. So definitely, definitely getting prepared for that. But Taylor, you said something interesting, you know, you said you mentioned Disney movies, right? And like the programming that, that um, kids in general, not just women, but kids in general get from, that kind of stuff so like you guys so you as a mother and then you angie right like that's something that you want to you know fulfill like i think that now and jordan i'd like to hear your opinion on this too bro like i think that nowadays what we what people what we show kids is so much more important because i feel like us parents and us adults are so much more aware of the stuff that is inside the stuff that gets put out to children you know what i mean like the the things that are the things that are being projected to the like little kids minds are nowadays a lot more maybe not so pg they're like pg 13 but like not classified as pg 13 so like let's i kind of want to start with that like what are we what are we for and what are we against as far as what we're showing to like little kids once there's no order here because whoever Can I wants side to note on that? run it have you ever watched like the things that you watched as kids now as adults and you're like oh my oh, god totally like what is that sexual mm-hmm. that's bizarre uh, to me like oh i can't even think of exactly what movie it was i think it might have honestly been like spongebob or something where i was like what like i grew yeah, up like, watching this and they're saying some weird things like that could have gone a very interesting way but you don't really notice that until <laughs> until you're an adult right mindset. <laughs> Yeah, you like have to, you have the question has to be posed like what is the intention of putting those subliminal messages in these sorts of things that are designed for children? Like obviously as a child you're not your brain isn't developed enough to understand those subliminal messages and what they're suggesting to you, but like that's the question I want to pose is like what do you guys think is that intention of putting those subliminal messages in children's movies like Well, I, I can hop in. Right now, my daughter, she I, I let her uh, kind of explore on, it's a YouTube kids app, and I can, you know, set a timer, and she enjoys shows like uh, Blippi, Blippi, uh, if you're a parent, then <laughs> but if you're not, you're like, what is a Blippi? And it's pretty much a, a man-child, like, he walks around and <laughs> 
to like just life. He's like, this is a, a helicopter and this is a dinosaur and just very like excited. And so that's kind of her interest right now. And I think it's super important um, to, I guess, you know, kind of let your child explore. I feel like it's brought a lot out of Lily and who she is and what she likes. But also like there's times where I tell her like, Lily, I don't like what you're watching. And she, she kind of understands where it's like, okay, I'm going to turn this off. Cause I feel like, I feel like it kind of what, what's projected on, on TV and just programming in general, I feel like there's good and bad. I feel like mm -hmm. it kind of helps us have like a, an understanding of society and how to hold conversations and just different uh, scenarios where you're learning like just social skills, like how to, she, she knows how to take orders. This little window right here, she's like, mommy, I want oh, to cream. So like, I, I feel like there's good and bad to it. And I want to focus more on the good and, and like maximize that. So that's, that's been my experience as a parent, but it's been weird watching stuff that I used to watch. Cause I'm like, how does a child even know what's going on? That's interesting. Yeah, I bet I've watched, I've rewatched SpongeBob a couple of times and there is a lot of like, it's kind of a lot of sexual stuff in there too that like little kids wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't understand. But when you watch it as an adult now, because I don't know what perverted our minds, but <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, like, did you really just say that? Like, and then I'm like looking at the little kids like, well, they didn't, they didn't catch that. Like, they're just not aware of it yet. So I guess it is a good thing. You know, I guess it's kind of like the development of, um, of minds yeah that's good so go ahead do, do your kids watch coco melon i think that's what it's called i was gonna ask the same thing yes lily actually hasn't been watching too much of it recently but she likes coco melon and i've sat there one thing that i do is i'll sit there and watch it with her and mm -hmm. it kind of is like a a bonding experience where she's showing me like look mommy like she knows her colors. She knows ABCs, one, two, threes. The girl can count to like 10 with in a breeze uh, going on 20. She's two years old. So I'm like, she's learning stuff on this little Cocoa Melon show that we send kids to school for. So I'm, I'm grateful for it. And I, I think it's kind of cool that she can learn it off of that. So yeah, music, she loves to sing. So it's very, I guess, like hd too the kids love the colors and stuff she knows the characters by name so it's just cool to watch it as a parent like you know we we would get excited about spongebob so it's kind of like going with the flow not taking it too serious not being a helicopter parent because there is times where i'm like all right we got to turn that off because it's just ridiculous like we're not watching this right now <laughs> but you know it's something that she's she enjoys so i want to show her that i take an interest in her interests too I saw something, sorry, did I cut someone off? No, go ahead. I saw something on TikTok that kind of, it's interesting that you say that, like she, you feel like she's enhancing from watching stuff like this because I don't know if it was a developer or some, someone gave some insight on the show in particular and just the time frames of how quick it's flipping from one scene to another compared to like what Looney Tunes or an old um, cartoon that we would watch back in the day. It's just so much quicker and 
it's interesting to think like that's kind of really how reality is nowadays too like mm-hmm. everything's just so much more fast paced this that so in a way you can look at it as like a negative thing like oh my god my kid's gonna get freaking adhd watching this because it's just like on to the next thing on to the next thing but then when you say you know lily's already counting to almost 20 at her age there are perks to it and then there's also like is this going to be like detrimental to like her attention span or is it just like enhancing her ability to soak in intelligence and knowledge like faster it's it's interesting to see i'm like it could go both ways but it's cool you know like obviously you can't keep your kids from everything all all at once and right yeah you got to expose them to some things i'm not saying that cocoa melon's bad but it's just interesting how it affects a kid i mean yeah i mean i remember when i was a kid like my mom tried keeping me away from stuff and the stuff she tried keeping me away from wasn't that was the stuff I tried gravitating towards like she I remember the time I had a PSP and she found out that I had GTA on it and she like she like and then of course you know it's like I mean I was what I think I was in seventh grade so I was like 12 years old and that game is actually pretty violent you know like you can rob people beat them up you know (laughs) thing that Bob Proctor actually taught me uh, and I actually got to talk to him about this because I asked him, I was like, Bob, like, I'm a parent. How did you and Linda do it? And he was like, you know, when you encourage a child, those are the, the kids who are encouraged. And when you highlight things that they're good at, they're the confident adults. But if we find everything to criticize them about, whether it's something like, like that, I mean, like, sit down and ask him, like, why do you like this? Lily likes to watch things about Halloween. She loves Halloween. She loves ghosts and like, she's like ghosts, like trick or treat. She loves Halloween. And so I kind of asked her like, why do you like that? So just finding a way to like turn it into a good thing um, and encourage them to, I guess, not explore more of it, but like highlight it for them and build confidence behind what they're doing because it it builds their self-esteem. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important too, because I think we also live in a way in the age, and this can bring up the more relevant topics. I think that we were intending on talking about today. It's like we live in an age where there's a lot of information that has been exposed to us, and I think some people have been affected by it more than others because sometimes, you know, the truth of the world isn't always rainbows and sunshine. You know, so I think it's like you were saying, Taylor, like when you foster curiosity in a child and you let a child explore the world for what it is, and it's not bad to learn about the negative things of life, you know, like, that's part of life is exploring all parts of it, you know, so it's like, if you shy away from it, your whole life, and then you become an adult, and you're exposed with some real ugly truth, like, you might not have the skills or the ability to process that ugly truth, to stomach that ugly truth, you know, and I think it's really important that we, like, that's why we do this podcast, that's why we're here, it's like, we like exploring controversial ideas, like, sensitive topics because i think it's important just to be able to create the conversation and at least give the space for people to give their thoughts on it because if not you know like that that i don't think the opposite of that you know if you're not allowed to explore it and you don't develop that ability to have those tough conversations that's kind of what leads to major major problems on the road yeah it's what creates biases and then everybody gets offended because you're 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 posing a different idea than what 
is the one that you believe and then everybody just starts getting into fights and then creates a civil war which is kind of what's happening right now which is what i wanted to talk <laughs> about right this is kind of like the subject right the reason we wanted to have you ladies on here um was because of this right <clears throat> i but here I, I jordan i think we should start off by just like just saying our opinion and then just kind of letting them go into it because here's mine right i don't really have one other than the fact that it's 100 political like that's it. Like, this is just 100% political. And my second opinion to that, like a follow-up is like, it's just another, another part of a media. Um, obviously there's obviously, right. This is why you don't just want to have one opinion. You don't have multiple. I think it's just part of the plan to distract people from what's actually going on, which is the mm-hmm. uh, crazy, you know, I just found out that um, Switzerland or something announced that like the, it's been the lowest index for um, growth and not just, us economy but world economy Whoa. it's at, it's at 30 and when anytime it gets below 50 is a problem and it's at 30 and it declined from 54 to 30 in four months and nobody's talking about it because everybody is i don't want to use the word distracted but everybody's uh uh using their uh, opinions and their <clears throat> their voices to um the subject that's you know being talked about now which is i don't remember the lawsuit so i want to make sure i'm quoting this correctly Roe versus Wade uh, lawsuit where um, the Supreme Court overturned was it a ban on abortion or was it pro or yeah right what they 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 made they, it so go ahead it is a constitution it was a constitutional right for women that they are allowed to seek abortions and it was that was what it was and it was overturned now and left to the states so each state is now able to dictate whether it's legal or not within its states um, state I hail from Wisconsin already announced that it's going to be completely illegal. So yeah, they basically illegal. illegal. Yeah, they backtracked on on what the rule was, and so I mean, yeah, my two cents on it, like as a male, I don't have a strong opinion on it to be honest. You know, because it's it, I don't feel like I'm entitled to a strong opinion on it. I don't feel like I should right. be making that decision for women, which is exactly why we wanted to bring two women on here to give their opinions on it and create that conversation. You know, I just want to be here to ask tough questions, ask both sides of the questions, play devil's advocate. Because I do see both sides, you know, I, I really do understand if your view of life is that it begins at inception, then I can see why you'd have an opinion that that is wrong. And I also see the other side of the opinion is like, you should have the right, it's your body, it's your choice, you know, body autonomy, I believe in strongly, you know, and I also think it's a very political issue too. And that's, unfortunately, it shouldn't be a political issue, but unfortunately it is. And I think it's also another tactic that's been used many times to divide and conquer people it's yeah. a very divisive issue. You know, you can very. really put people on two sides and I, yeah, it, it's, it's a touchy subject, but I'm, I'm, I'm very actually excited and curious to get into this conversation. So yeah, ladies, if you guys want to jump in and then for anybody listening, like maybe in the future, we're recording on 26th of June. Again, we're talking about Roe v. Wade being overturned. So, but yeah, ladies, if you guys want to jump in and give us your two cents. So I'll go first. Um, I think it's kind of scary that government gets into dictating what people can and can't do to their bodies. Um, I think nothing is black and white, especially when it comes to women's health and even mental, mental health, physical health, emotional health, things like that. Um, when that starts to be in other people's hands that I don't really like 100% agree with that. Um, So to me, I feel like it's just a scary time. Like I empathize with both sides. Like I said, it's not black and white. 
you know, some people may think after 12 weeks, like Jordan and I have this conversation yesterday after 12 weeks, okay, maybe these particles and whatever are more than just these little atoms that just were created inside this body. Maybe it's more life than what we know. Right. So mm -hmm. I could see a side where it's, it's not really like, doesn't feel as ethical to abort that. Right. Or to end that life. Um, if you so think that that is life. So I could see would that, say on that side is murder. Right. I, 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 in a way, okay. I can kind of empathize and, and see where people are coming from with that. But I also do think like, it's nobody's choice and responsibility, but that person's like, mm -hmm. that's pretty much what it comes down to. And I truly believe in the, how do you say it? The quality of life. Like if somebody was to be put on this earth and let's just say both parents weren't thrilled or happy about it. Like what kind of life are you to have coming from that type of energy? You know what I mean? Like being supported, being well cared for, obviously having the basic needs, of course, but there's more to life than just that. And when both sides aren't fully happily, you know, ready for this life and ready to support it. Like, I'm not saying that they shouldn't exist. That's not what I'm saying at all, but obviously the quality of life might be a little bit different. So there's just so many things to take into account when it comes to this stance where I'm like, you have to, like, how do you not empathize with people who are like afraid to bring something mm -hmm. like that, which is a whole ass life, <laughs> a whole another person, a whole being who needs quite a bit of things, who produces mm -hmm. energy, but also takes a lot of energy. There's just so much to that, that it's just, it's a lot. It's a big responsibility. And really what kind of hurt my, my heart that I just couldn't not think about were let's just say a 16 year old girl who just didn't know better and, you know, was raised with not much support or guidance and she made a mistake. Now she's in a state like Wisconsin. She has absolutely no support. She doesn't know who to turn to, but let's say she does get pregnant. Like, who is she going to turn to? Like, this is really scary. Like I'm sure she has maybe something going on more mentally or things like that. Like, of course we all do, especially at that age, but that's some, something that I empathize with so much is like, what are we going to do with situations like that? Like, I just feel terrible and scared for what potentially could happen to her, um, the choices that she might make that might not be as healthy for her if she wanted to act in a way to not go through with making life and creating life. And yeah, it's just, it's scary. It's interesting because there, like I said, there's no black and white to it um every person's different every person comes from a different background so it's it's a lot harder to just say this is what I stand for but I do think to sum it up like what I stand for are people making decisions for themselves in their own body in their own well-being and yeah I think it really comes down to like it's it's so much bigger than just abortion like there's so much more that I think we could talk about um, when it comes to like just supporting people and things like that. But that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> it's a whole nother topic that I think is an issue with just mental health and whatnot. But that's besides the point. <laughs> I got a lot of things to come back to on what you said, but Taylor, okay. I want to hear your side. 
<clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, coming from being pregnant twice, the very first time I was pregnant, I found out in my school's bathroom. Jesus. I hadn't, uh, yeah, like I it had been three weeks. I found out at like three weeks. I knew I was like, there's life growing inside of me. And uh, Michael and I had literally just gotten back together. So our circumstances, it wasn't like we were married and we had everything planned out. And like, I felt prepared, but I did feel like I was like, I felt happy, like when I found out. So the thing that we're talking about right now, uh, which is abortion, I never felt, I've never been in the position where I felt like that was an option that I had to take or had to consider. So there's not much that I can really speak on, I feel like. Um, I think she slipped. I guess I'm dead duty right now. But I feel like whenever we talk about these complex issues, and I put, I had reposted this on my Instagram story, when we talk about complex issues, we're dealing with a lot of perspectives. So my opinion can only go so far. Um, and it's backed by a few of my beliefs. I've always been, I was taught or it was programmed within me that um, abortion is wrong. It's murder. And I, then I had a friend, I've had multiple friends who came to me and they were like, I don't, pregnant. I don't want this baby. Like I'm not ready. And I think I'm going to get an abortion. And it was a time for me where I had to not condemn anybody, but love them and understand. So when we talk about these kind of complex issues, like I'm big on my, I don't even want to say re my religion, my spirituality, and just who I am as a person and how I love others. Because to love is to discern where people are coming from. It's a maturity that you hold to, have your opinion and then be able to listen to others have your beliefs and be open to others and you don't have to agree with it and you don't have to condemn anybody from where they're coming from so that's maturity when we're talking about complex issues like this because there's different places where it's coming from you have the public opinion on what abortion is is it murder is it not what's the circumstances that it's happening happening under were they raped are they too young were they just messing around and they just got pregnant and now they don't want a child or what's the the principles behind it like is it a religion thing like it's a non-negotiable never have an abortion is it um a personal thing like i don't know you just don't know people's circumstances so where i'm coming from is the government if they really really cared about life uh, I think a lot of things would be different in our country, but this specific topic about abortion is more so, I feel like a, a woman should have the option, a safe option to do that, just as a man has a safe option to go and get a vasectomy, uh, which is technically, you know, getting rid of his life source, which is the same thing as a woman. Well, not the same thing, but it's taking away, like he has an option to not create life. And it's kind of one and one in the same with a woman, except that life has already been created. And that's where for me, it's like me, I don't think I, I don't know. I've never been in that position. I don't think I could do it, but I've never been in that position. So I can't speak on it. Um, but I, I think it's just important to have, an open heart and understand that whatever decisions anybody else makes 
it's between them and God. They're going to learn whatever they need to learn from it. I, I've had friends who regret it and they think about their life if they wouldn't have had the abortion. And I'm just here to, to love them through it. That's my only opinion. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I, I, I have an opinion on the matter of like kind of similar to yours, Taylor. I think it's when you're, when you're dealing with complex issues, you can't quite understand there's no way possible to understand all the complexities somebody's going through with making that sort of decision. And I, I believe in the, what I thought and what I was taught as what the American version of this world and this society, like what we try to create our society as, as in America is a place of freedom, you know, the freedom of choice. I believe in that so strongly, like whatever side you're on, you are entitled to your opinion. You're entitled to your freedom of that choice. You know, so both sides, if you're not for it, cool. That's your right. If you're for it, cool. That's your right as well. You know, that's the world I grew up in. That's the world I want to uphold is giving that freedom to both sides. Because it's when you, when you try to dictate to other people what they can or can't do, I think that's what causes the friction and causes the problems. Yeah. Facts. That's something that Angie said. She, she said, um, when the government, uh, can control what people can, and she said people, she didn't say women. She said, when the government can control what people can and can't do with their body, that's when you're crossing the line. And I thought it was interesting that she didn't use the word women specifically, but she said people, right? Because then we go back to this um, still what some some somewhat sensitive topic of like vaccinations, you know, I think we're allowed to say that word now. I think it's been long enough where we're not going to get flagged, but um, say the C word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we just can't say that one. You know, it's like that was mandated upon people to come back to work. And it was just like, dude, like, I don't if I don't want to do that, then I lose my job. So really, I have no choice, you know. And so, um, yeah, that that's that's a really, really, really interesting thing. And then one thing that I wanted to touch up on is um, one thing that Taylor said, too. She said it was like the love and understanding versus the condemning of people. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's super important because if I, I think because we've created the world, I think in general, I mean, especially specifically, I mean, I live in America, right? So specifically America has created this, this, this political view for everything that there's a red and the blue side or a white and a black side or a right and a wrong side. And it's always two-sided where it's like, you either love and understand somebody or you're condemning them. You know, you're either like pro or you're against. And it's like, we just all have to, and then this is a tough thing because this is a universal thing, right? Of human nature. Understand that love is the answer. Like this cliche is that sounds like love is the answer. If you just love and understand people and whether they're doing something wrong that you think is wrong, doesn't that mean that it doesn't mean that what you do is what everybody else does too. So those are just kind of like the two things that I thought were really, really important that, that you guys said that needed to be just like reinforced, right? It's just like the government is not just taking women's rights. It's getting to the point where government, and this is a whole conspiracy thing, right? We always, we always talk about it, but it's like the government is not just taking women's rights, but it's like, it's borderline crossing the line of like human rights and like dictating what we can do to our body, which is messed up. Um, and then the second thing was, you know, like love, you know, love and understanding versus condemning somebody to something. I think the fear of criticism is so big throughout the world that people don't make choice, the choices that they feel like they should, because they're scared that somebody's going to look down upon them. Um, yeah. And then I think a topic within itself, right. Which Taylor mentioned um, was like under the circumstances, you know, 
everybody has a choice under certain circumstances. I think the topic itself, and I kind of want to address this with everybody is like sex, you know, it's not talked about very often. Um, and you know, in the power of now, it's or not the power of now conversations with God. Everybody should read that book. If you haven't already, it talks about like, if, if it wasn't, if that wasn't a godly thing to do, then why would it feel so good? You know? So like, if it wasn't, so yeah, obviously, you know, 16 year old girl, my mom had me, she was 16, I think 16 or 18, something like that, you know? So like super, super young. So like, and I've had, you know, I've met parents that I've had kids really, really young and ended up being some of the best parents in the world. You know, so it's like, I think the topic of sex is just so undercovered, um, especially in religious places. And, you know, like my parents, they had the quote unquote, the talk with me, right. But like sophomore year in high school, when they knew, like I was already talking to girls, which is like, by that time it was too late, you know? So like, it's just like that subject of like, what, how, and what do you think? My question for all of you guys is, do you guys think that if we just educate the younger generation on sex more that it can prevent some of these um, circumstances that Taylor was talking about, where it would force a woman to have to decide whether or not to, you know, which is still controversial, I guess, because we don't really, it's not up to us to decide whether they can or not. But yeah, I mean, my question is, do you guys think that like the, 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 if we educate people on just like sex more, it would, it would change kind of circumstances. Are you saying educate or remove a stigma? I feel like well, yeah, that's, yeah. that to me is like a little bit of why we have such a negative connotation with sex. Like, oh, like what movie was that? Mean Girls? You're going to get sex at, or you're going to have sex and get herpes and die or something like that. Like that is an kind of what reality is <laughs> like what it seems to be like when it comes to talking with our parents about it like that's all you need to know like be careful don't do this don't do that and it's like what actually like not everybody was produced from a loving household and this and that so it doesn't have to be this lovey-dovey story but also talking about it like that isn't really going to give you the best outcome I guess like when you have that type of energy talking about something like that serious you also get some weird stories that you tell yourself and make up in your head where you're like I don't know is this okay that I should be doing this like should I be hiding this from my parents this and that like when I told my mom I had a boyfriend at 16 we instantly went to the doctor to get birth control like that was <laughs> we didn't even have a conversation she's like all right I made this appointment we're gonna go here take these poisons <laughs> take this poison pill here you go like that's pretty much the extent of it so I don't know. It's like, yeah, I guess educating people on the topic does remove the stigma. Um, I do think there's, this is a whole, I feel like this could be a whole nother story too. It is. Conversation where how early should we be talking about these things to kids? That's, I have uh, opinions on that. Um, but we don't have to go into that really. But yeah, I think educating people on, on the do topic, it. huh? That's, well, what, that's what the I, podcast is for. I mean, Just I don't think it. like a, a preschooler should really know that like he's putting his penis inside of me. Like, I don't really know if we have to go into it <laughs> at that age, like preschool, probably not. Um, but at the time where like it's natural for kids to get changes, right? Like we all kind of know that's a natural thing. It happens at a natural age. It's probably a natural thing to want 
to want to talk about it. It's probably already been brought up at school. Then it's like, okay, well, maybe we should be speaking on the topic and educating, yes. But I think we have to be so not particular, but I guess you have to be really wordy with the way that you're going to be talking to kids about this, because I do think there's such a negative connotation with like, you have to be really secretive. Like nobody should know, besides, like your parents shouldn't know that you're doing this or whatever. And I think that's when a lot of like bad stigmas come from this. That's, that's really kind of where it starts in my opinion. Like how we can associate things so badly to sex and how we have such strong opinions or bad opinions on what we should be doing or how we should be doing it with who we should be doing it with things like that if that makes sense yeah but. that's good taylor two cents or three or ten however you want <laughs> yeah <laughs> ten cents well, on that one <laughs> yeah as a parent i've told michael like i I am looking forward to having that conversation with my daughters because I think if we actually help people under for one just help people let's start with helping people understand themselves and if that's something that they want to explore because I can I, I don't think I wanted to explore it at 12 years old but I think that's when it became like a conversation in school that's when we were taught we literally had a paper sent to us to take home for our parents to sign if they wanted us to be further educated on sex. And my parents, they signed it, they let me go. And pretty much we were shown a video of how babies are made. Like this is the, the process of, okay, two people have sex and then this is how the implantation, this is how somebody's impregnated. The biological standpoint of getting pregnant the, con the consequence of having sex. And that's what people were focused on is, okay, you have sex, it's either a baby, an STD, and it is there. But the way that I <laughs> myself explaining this to my daughter is, okay, she's finding interest in a boy. And I want her to, or, or I don't want to plant the seed. We're not going to get too much into that, but just sexuality in general. What is that? What is that feeling of, I want to touch this person. I want to hug them and kiss them. Um, having an understanding of like what that is and the way that I see myself, what I've learned, especially reading Think and Grow Rich and the mystery of sexual transmutation is understanding that your sexuality is in tune with your creativity. It's a creative um method you literally can procreate life through sex and so if you can create life the the story or the mystery behind sexual transmutation um by napoleon hill and you know how he puts that into perspective is that if you can transmute that sexual feeling instead of putting it into physical acts of sex you transmute it into creativity and you start putting that focus on goals you can you become a genius because you're not just depositing your sexual energy into people you're putting it into things that can be grown into into other things so the way that i want to explain it to my daughter and talking about sex is okay you have this feeling your body is changing you're now puberty is your body telling you that you are ready to procreate life you now have 
the ability that you didn't have before, you can have a baby now. Why I want my children to understand why they want to have sex. Is it because you have a crush on somebody? Um, if that's the case, we need to understand what, like, what, what is it that you see in this person? You understand that the baby could be a result of sex. Can you see yourself having a child with this person? Are you ready to have a child with this person? Um, so I think there's a lot of things to consider in educating people. I just feel like we should help people fully understand, um, like what it is, why they want to do it so that they can be prepared to make decisions that will only enhance their lives. Because I think it's also super important that we just help people understand why they do what they do and, you know, just help them feel prepared with the decisions that they make. That's what I want to do with my daughters is I don't want them to be like, well, I didn't know. I didn't know. It's, <laughs> I want them to be like, okay, I, I have an understanding of what I'm doing and I'm going to choose to do it or not to do it. And I'm going to know the consequences. I feel like that's a safer way of um, helping people understand it. I really like that viewpoint. And I agree completely of just, education is so important of and exploring it in a sense of like the question why like I literally have a tattoo to my chest <laughs> of like why why are you attracted to this person why do you want to do that thing like what's what are the potential outcomes and I found it really interesting that you said too that your parents had to sign a waiver for you to be educated about um, sex at school because I think right now there's a, a lot of controversy with with parents and children's and education because and the question I wanted to ask everybody was like whose whose role should it be to educate children about sex is should it be the parents or should it be like the school should it be education you know because I think there's this there's propagandas behind certain movements of sexual expression right now unfortunately that aren't maybe not in the best interest of everybody like and i believe my two cents on that is like with the whole sexuality thing is like everybody's entitled to love whoever they want to love like love is love love is and love there's, and there's no nothing bad with more love in the world like you should be able to love whoever you want um but i think a conversation gets really interesting because especially with the fertility of just children's minds it's an interesting word to use but like the the moldability, the malleability of a child's mind, you know, and to be introducing certain topics at certain ages to their minds. It's, it's, yeah, I think it really, it's really interesting to explore because it's like, at what age, at what age should children be presented with the idea of sexuality, you know, because it's like, you couldn't, and I, you know what you can, I think I personally believe you can sway a children's mind with with a certain intent you know and it, 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 if you how do i word this you know it's like yeah like that's the question i'll pose i'll just leave it at that it's like at what age should children be exploring these topics at what age is it appropriate for children to explore these topics you know i think i think i mean if i really go back and think about like when i started to like taylor 
was like a really good way to kind of like expose that right like when you get this like feeling of sexuality of like yo i want to hug this person or like i just want to like touch this person you know like <laughs> like yeah like you know like what, what would that feel like when that there was like that was probably like seventh grade right so what is that to us so that was wait uh, like 11 10 11 12 ish somewhere around there right so between the ages of like 11 and 13, oh, yeah. no, I think before 13, I think before you, once you get to third, yeah, between 11, 10 and 10 and 12, I think would be the best, like best, best thing in my opinion, because if you think about it, then once you're a teen, right, dude, when I was 13, like I was, a, it was sophomore, no, it was freshman, eighth grade, freshman year, right? So like by that time, like it was already oh yeah bro it was already the ball was already rolling bro (laughs) as a kid yeah as a man like because i think it's different for women but like as a young boy yeah i remember seventh grade like we had a a teacher that was when like we were all talking about our teacher like bro yeah 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 yeah. and you know like it so yeah i mean i think for women it would be the same thing because you have to express you have to my opinion right you have to treat women like you treat men because if you if you're talking to your son for example your father or your mother talking to your son about like yo you're about to start getting horny like you also have to talk to your to your daughters about that like yo like these dudes that you're hanging out with that are your friends right now that you have on snapchat you have daily streaks on on snapchat like they're starting to feel these things and like they're gonna come and start acting a different way towards you so like you have to figure out a way to handle it and this subject right now is like it's hand to home because my sister she's about to be she's about to be in high school right and like i don't know if my parents have talked to her about that but like i know that i have to at some point it's super uncomfortable because like it's just not a comfortable subject right it's the first time that i've ever had to talk to about it um with anybody you know not even like with my parents i was just like nodding my head and listening so but yeah that's my thing right i think someone should be introduced to this opinion of sexuality because then it can remove these dogmas of of you know what's been implanted like for example taylor said that she was she was led to believe at a younger age that abortion was not a good thing right so like you can remove these dogmas if we educate people between these ages i think it's like between 10 and 12 that's yeah, girls i on a, on a lighter note like maybe a little funnier but like what age were you guys do you can you recall like the first time you were like had those thoughts you know of, of <laughs> being attracted to like you know for me it's crystal clear i remember <laughs> i had a crush on this boy down my street named louise and he was my first kiss but i think he wanted to kiss me he was older so i think i was feeling like more pressure than anything so I don't think it happened until like after the fact, like, I don't even know that's, that actually kind of sounds bad, <laughs> but I did have an older brother. So, and a dad that was really protective of me who told me that I couldn't date until I was like 18. So I feel like I had a lot of things like put in my head already where I was like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Or I guess maybe where life could take me at this point, like, this guy's kind of cute, whatever. But I don't think I even really cared to kiss him. I just kind of did, but I was probably like maybe 10. I don't know. And I think he was a little bit older, but I was like, okay, kiss. Ooh. I think we were in the back of my mom's car <laughs> randomly. <laughs> and then um, my brother and my, I don't even know. She was like a family friend. They like just pressured us like, oh, kiss him, kiss him. And then we just did. And it was like, okay, awesome. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> but when I actually like seriously think I, 
was like, oh, kind of cute. I feel like I was probably around the same age, like 12, maybe. What grade is that? Like middle school, I feel like. like. Middle school. Yeah, that, middle like, school. Yeah. yeah, like sixth, seventh grade. Yeah, I was like, oh, he's cute. Yeah. And then you'd like write his name over and over and over again in like your uh-huh. notebook. Write it in hearts. Yeah. And then yeah. you got the middle like, school dances, you know. You make like, like a sim of him. <laughs> you do yeah. yeah, like the sims couple. Like, you hold the weight slow dance in the middle yeah. school. <laughs> You're like, how low do I put my hands? You know? Yeah. <laughs> She's got her sweating. <laughs> but it was also innocent too. I feel like that's also another point that I wanted to bring up as well. Like at that age, like things are already very confusing and like a lot. And you're trying to navigate plenty of emotions and feelings where you're like, like I said, I was like, I don't know what kiss. Okay, whatever. Like I'm still trying to like, mm-hmm. I guess, I don't even know, just understand what the heck's even going on between like that. Um so that's already confusing. So I feel like how much we expose at that point could also be detrimental as well. Like there's simplicity, there's beauty and simplicity. I'll leave it at that. Like there, sometimes too much exposing can just make things way harder on like a mind that's already expanding and developing like at crazy levels <laughs> right. yeah, like sometimes too much of that especially sexual energy and things like that could be a little bit you know too much but again I don't really I'm not the person that's going to be like yeah you shouldn't say more than this xyz past this is too much like I don't who's to say that I don't really know but I do feel like sometimes too much in depth can probably actually be ne- like negatively impact a kid you know yeah Taylor, what about you? What was the, do you, can you recall the, your first crush maybe the time you were like, ooh. <laughs> My first crush, I think was in kindergarten. Like, hey. I saw, no, like I saw a boy and I was like, oh, like, <laughs> I don't, but I think I'm, I don't know if it came from like watching shows and like, I'm, right. I'm curious. We watch things about princesses finding their prince and fairy tales so like it was almost like I don't know if he was my friend but it was just like an attraction and I think we have to understand that that is a thing that happens amongst humans we are attracted we're energy so we're attracted to literally what we're in vibrational harmony with so I want to have kind of those conversations with my kids it's like Mm. uh you're attracted to somebody do you know what that means like Yes, you're physically attracted. It's physically appealing, but you know, you're like in vibrational harmony with this person. So maybe that's your friend. This is a companion. Maybe this is your soulmate, but like having that conversation where it's not like condemning, like, oh my God, I was, when it became, when I was 15 and like the action was being taken, I was condemned. Like my mom called me names like every name in the book not to just put my mom out there but I'm I see where she's coming from you know the the dynamic behind it but I the shame that came behind like being attracted to someone being in love it was like oh my gosh maybe I maybe I am a whore like maybe I am a slut like oh my gosh like because I like this person I don't know so it's like I don't want to shame my children behind that. I want them to understand what it is. 
um, and to move safely around it. And with daughters, I want them to see themselves as sacred. Like you can literally bring life into the world. And so like, are you ready for that as a woman? Because it's such a big responsibility to bring a child into the world and to just share your energy with someone like that. Because on a spiritual level, when you're like, when you're exchanging energy in that way, like you don't know what that person carries with them and what kind of attachment that brings. So like, are you, are you ready for that? Have you even, do you even have a full understanding of yourself and what you want when you connect with someone and you, you put yourself in like a union with them? Like, do you understand that you have now like connected yourself with them and you're going to make decisions that involve them? you're not focused on you. You're not focused on your goals. You're focused on a relationship. Like, so it's, it's a lot, like, this is a complex issue. There's so much to consider that it's like, oh my gosh, where do I even start? Uh, but I want my children, especially my daughters to see sex as something sacred, um, because they will have, it won't be the man that they're with or the crush that they have. It will be them who carry a child, who birth a child and who buck up. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the responsibility that comes with sex. It's not just, uh, you're cute, let's do it. And we're in love. It's, it's a lot more to it. So have a full understanding of like, just an attraction to a man too. Like, yeah, he's cute, but let's, let's have the real conversation of, okay, after he's cute, what, what is, who is this person and what, what value do they bring you and what value do you bring them? Those are conversations that I want to have with my children. So, um, because sex is just the act of it, the physical act, like what's the feeling behind it? Is it love? Is it lust? Is it just, uh, like, what is it? Uh, and have, having them have an understanding of that, because if I can help my daughters understand that it's lust and that sexualizing another human is kind of low on the emotional scale sexualizing somebody for your own benefit is not necessarily like high vibrating it's, it's not love it's just as physical as it can get um so that i don't know i haven't really had this conversation these are conversations i've had in my own mind and like an understanding that i've had of myself and how i wish that I, it would have been suggested to me um because it's it's a big topic for sure i, I love your perspective taylor and i just gotta mention that i think you're a great parent already Thanks. and i think you're gonna be even better parent like and i think that's the whole point of like my view on like being a parent yeah is just being able to do the things that you wish were done for you you know and like i i love that perspective too of like the energetic exchange of of sex and what that means and looking at it and exploring it and painting it in that light versus just like, I think the culture and society we um, grow up in and like exist in, you know, you look at music videos, you look at movies, you know, you have like, it's a, it's an interesting dichotomy because you have the juxtaposition of the princess and the prince story of like the natural love. But then at the same time, you get the, like the girls dancing on the cars, the, the, the rappers talking about, you know, titties and ass, you know, it's like, uh, that's one end of the picture and that's a complete <laughs> other end. Like, 
the reality is definitely in the middle there you know and so it's like exploring that i think this has been a great conversation and i appreciate everyone's input but like yeah i don't know where i was going with that but i think it's it's, it's interesting because i don't think a lot of people talk about it in terms of like energy and exchanging it like that you know because it's usually either painted one of the two ways like you know even as guys i remember like when we would um in high school you know like that's the thing to age a lot of people become sexually active and stuff and i don't think i wish my parents would have educated me on that i wish i would have got that information because it, it is almost like as a man's perspective it's like uh, it's how do i put it it's like a conquest you know it's like you know as a man in high school it's like bro you, you slept at her like bro like you know <laughs> <laughs> I have a son because, well, if, I, if that even happens, but I think with a, a man, raising a man is completely different than raising a woman. Uh, like, and we, I think that's another thing is like, yes, they're babies and they're cute and you have the baby phase, but you have to understand that you are raising the, you are raising the future, men and women of the future and men they need to be just as educated as little girls. I know we're talking about women's rights, but when it comes to a man, I, I also want, if I have a little boy, I want little boys to understand when they get to that age, like you are, you're sexually attracted to this girl. Okay. Is this somebody that you want to plant a seed in? <laughs> like, seriously, what, what value does this woman bring to your life besides that she's cute? Because women have the same um ability to be energy vampires like with 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 girls you know we're always taught that men just want one thing from you that's what i was taught and i think it's also important that um a, a man should understand that a woman could just see you and it, like it's just lust and she it's a fairy tale for her she could be living in her own little fairy tale world not fully understanding the value like she won't be able to fully value you as a man uh, like do you want that do you it's all superficial I don't know I feel like I have a very deep uh like I get very in-depth with these topics and maybe it's not even that freaking serious <laughs> but me, like I want my kids to to take life serious enough to like have confidence behind what they're doing so that they they can explain it to somebody else where they're not just like i don't know why i do what i do i don't even know what i am and what this <laughs> life is like no i want them to understand like i'm a i'm a great person i add value to others and i have a good understanding of what i'm good at and i don't know that i even want to share that with all these little girls or all these little boys like i i want to I want to know that who I, I share that with is, um, you know, that I, that I just leave people with a, an impression of increase because I don't, I don't want my son or really any little boys sexualizing little girls. I want them to hold respect for another human being as they should be respected. <clears throat> That's so big. That's so, so big. I, I've been uh, studying Thinking Grow Rage too. And one of the longest chapters in that book is, um, you know, sex transmutation. And it was talking about, you know what it is and taylor touched on it multiple times but like that's such a thing and i think that's now as a now that we're having this conversation i just made a decision like i'm gonna teach my kids that you know like how do you transmute your energy your sexual energy that you have after having all these conversations right but like how do you translate that into something bigger and better than just like the physical 
act of sex because that is that is really is like i think taylor brings down a good great perspective it's so much more mature than probably all three of us put together can bring on because she has the experience of already having that like instinctual mother um like thing that i know you know only mothers can have i guess you know so i think it's good that she brings up a lot of really good a lot of really good points um so yeah that's one of the things that i wanted to add i think that's so big you know for something that i just recently discovered was was that you know the topic of like you know sexual expression is the lowest thing that you can do like that because it's just that's it that's it like so for some people that's all it is it's just physical and we are not just physical when but you know that's where it's like the devil's advocate here right that's why it's like the thing that physically feels the best (laughs) so it's it's kind of like a two-sided I think Taylor brought up a really good point and I loved it. And I, I admire it, Taylor, with your parenting. Cause what I, what I took from that, was like, you, you have value. And I also share this value of like installing certainty in your children. And I, like, I think these conversations, exploring your, your thoughts, your ideas, it's really important to understand who you are and yeah. have that certainty of who you are and have the certainty of the value and the worth that you are as a human being. And I think um, I can segue this into a very controversial topic and it's something I'm very opinionated on. Um, But I I, I think, yeah, I think there's been, I think there is this kind of unfortunate thing happening in this world where a lot of young, young people are uncertain of themselves and they're uncertain of their sexualities. They're uncertain of who they're supposed to be, you know? And I, I think it's really important to like, there are certain things in this world that we can't change that we're just given and that we are born with, you know? And like, I want to love to hear you guys' topic, like opinions on the subject. Um, Because yeah, I think that's, that's an epidemic right now is like uncertainty. And if you're uncertain of who you are to the core of like your genitalia, like, dude, that just causes for a whole range of other issues my opinion this is my two cents right because dude if you don't it, it's some of those things that we've all learned i think about everyone here is very person developed and done a lot of personal development and read solutions like you know we've all had those feelings of like had the feeling of uncertainty not understanding your worth not knowing if you're good enough right that's a that, there's a thought that goes in everyone's head you know um but my the things the solutions i found for myself with that uncertainty is that i know that's all internal and the only way to solve that problem is internally. There's nothing I can change in the external that will solve my internal uncertainty. You know, and that's where I have a strong opinion. And I'm just going to put it out there. I'm a savage. This is the podcast. This is what we do. Like, dude, you can't changing anything outside won't change anything internal, including your gender. You know, and like, and we're talking about sexuality. It's like, I think that's where like, maybe we can be better and create these conversations is like, yeah, we need to like, that's why I love your perspective, Taylor. And I brought this up is because I think that's so, so important and should be cherished is installing that certainty of like, you're worthy as you are. There's nothing that needs to be changed. And you understand your worth and your value as you are not, nothing needs to be changed to, to like create that worth. You know, so I don't know if you guys have opinions on that subject or not. Because I think, yeah, it's something I see and I, I witness a lot and it kind of, it, it triggers me. I'm not going to lie. It's like, yeah. That's kind of slightly where I was going with the too much information and too yeah, much. Confused. 
uh, person because at that age, there's just a lot going on, right? You're trying to figure out yourself, but I think you have a really good point. Like every single human being kind of tying it back to Roe versus Wade. And like I was saying too, every human being that's been put on this earth by choice or by not, whatever this existence here, you need to be, you need to know that you're supported and loved. And that is going to change your quality of life. If you don't have that, things are probably going to be dark and uncertain, like you were saying. And that's why I feel so, I guess, opinionated just strongly about the fact that, you know, if a life wasn't fully, like people weren't as supportive of this life to become in existence, the quality of life isn't going to be there. And that's just asking for a whole long, painful, dark life that sometimes you got to heal from straight from birth. And if that's something that we can maybe not have to pressure into existence, then maybe that's better for, for certain people, not for everybody. But yeah, I think the quality of life comes from making people know that no matter what, who you are, where you come from, what color your skin is, your hair, the people you're surrounded with, how much money you have in your bank account, no matter what, like you are worth whatever it is that you want out of life. Nothing is going to fix you. You don't need to be fixed. Right. Like you are here. And that is, that's enough. That's enough. But when you're not being told that or everything in life is showing you the opposite, it's really hard to understand that when everything in life you're shown things are hard. You shouldn't be this person, you know, by making this decision or changing this thing about you. Oh, now you're going to be loved. Like that is absolutely like the opposite of how things should be. Um, and it's just kind of like, it's just confusing because prides this week, prides this weekend. So that's funny. Um, but we're always just talking about like inclusiveness and, mm accepting things as they are and sometimes I feel like we lose touch of that like that's exactly what we should be celebrating is everybody as they are but why do you have to change something about yourself because that's not that's not really who you are then you know like mm -hmm. if that makes sense I'm kind of going on a tangent there but just to yeah, add sometimes to that. Really, yeah we lose sense of that <laughs> yeah it's just to add on to that, because I know, Angela, we have similar opinions. We've had these conversations. I would love to get, Amanda, your opinion, Taylor, yours as well, on it, if you care to. If not, that's cool. But I'm like, and I'm no means saying that, like, dude, I don't care. Like I said, my preface, that whole thing is love is love. Like, you can love whoever the heck you want. Like, I don't care. Like, your boy, you like boys, your girl, you like girls. That's cool, man. You want to present yourself a certain way. That is 100% cool in my book. Like, Love is love. You preference is preference. I have no qualms about that. But it's like at the point of where you need to, you feel the need to change yourself. That's where I'm like, okay, maybe this issue isn't about sexuality or gender. It's 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 about self acceptance. You know, you want everyone to accept you. You're so demanding. You change your pronouns. You change how other people are supposed to address you. But do you even accept yourself? I think it has a. I think it has a lot to do with identity. I think it has. I think. I think people aren't able to find themselves because we've never been taught 
hard to do that. At least me, bro. Like I was never, dude, up until we started learning about affirmations and, you know, mm -hmm. Bob Proctor using superlatives, speaking about yourself, you know, it's never enough to speak enough about yourself. Like these kind of things, like I always thought it was like called conceited, you know, you weren't, you didn't want to be conceited. You don't want to be cocky, you know, like you don't want to be these things. And it's like the society portrays such a, like a, uh, almost like they want to, they want to like, I don't know what the right word you for this is, but contain you. Yeah. They want to contain you as to what you can be because you can't, when you're younger, you can't say I'm the best because it, it you know, become, come, come off as cocky and you don't want to be cocky because you want to be accepted by other people. And so identity is not something that's ever really too taught um, or explained in some people. And I think what, I have came to realize, and Jordan, you actually helped me realize this a lot, bro, because one thing that you said is you were ideas, like you were outfits. And, you know, I, I really, that, that hits so hard because I'm like, dude, well, these ideas portray your behavior and your behavior is your personality. So like, can you have an idea and then change your behavior? So you're a different person, a hundred percent. And then can you have another idea the next day? And, and then, you know, change your behavior and, and change your identity. Yeah. Like it's okay to do that. You know, changing your appearance physically, you know, we're getting to a little bit deeper into like, if you really don't know who you are. And so you, then you start changing your appearance. For example, like uh, Michael Jackson didn't want to be black. So he changed his appearance. Right. That is just like an internal, like trauma. That is not something that is that I believe has to be just like mass, uh, portrayed as something that we have to accept it has to be something that we have to again educate people on mm -hmm. because it's like yo people just don't have no idea how to find themselves because it's difficult because i think in order for you to find yourself you have to spend time by yourself to figure yeah. out who you really are or even you know whether it's a lot of time or a little bit of time or something traumatic right bob proctor says like in order for change to happen it's either repetition or it's like an emotional impact so something has to happen, whether you just either spend a lot of time by yourself all the time, you figure out, okay, this is who I am, this is what I believe, this is what I'm going to portray myself as, or something, boom, something crazy has to happen to you where now you change. But yeah, um, before I get into anything else, Taylor, I want to hear kind of your opinion on that as well. Yeah, well, uh, what I'm hearing a lot is the word educate. And what Bob taught me is educating people is not giving them a lot of information. It's not the process of gathering or teaching information. It's helping people bring more of themselves to the surface because when you haven't, and I feel like all understanding um, comes from the basic laws of how our world functions. And I believe this is where uh, this is gonna, I don't wanna like go off on a whole other thing, but like religion, uh, and just God's word, God's truth, God being for the overall advancement and uh, just greatness and creativity of humans, bringing more of that, a God's love. And I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. You don't have to have a certain religion, but just that understanding and knowing and confidence and faith versus the very polar opposite of fear with fear and misunderstanding of self and people doubt and worry comes in and it just leads to those kind of results on the negative pole and those are going to happen on a lot of different uh subjects whether it's relationships parenting you have it, it all comes down to faith or fear 
and faith is developed through understanding and understanding is only developed through study. And so I believe that we have to help kids have a good understanding of themselves. And this is where I was going earlier with what Bob taught me about kids. We have to encourage more of who they already are. So my daughter watching her as a two-year-old, oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm so proud of her because she's so smart. And I tell her that, I tell her that often, you're so smart. Oh my goodness, you did such a great job. You're such a great singer. You're a great dancer. And then when I tell her that, it's like she gets better. It's like she gets better at whatever I'm telling her because she's already doing it. So why not encourage her? Why not tell her that she's doing a great job? And um, where was I going with this? Uh, helping people have a good understanding of themselves and what they're great at. And kind of what we were talking about is like not telling them how the world works, of course, showing them, because that's what it comes down to. You can tell anybody anything, but they're not going to do what you tell them to do. They're going to do what you do. So that's the responsibility that I ha now have as a, as a parent, as a woman, raising two women is what kind of woman am I showing them? Uh, coming to an understanding of myself, I realized that I was more of a masculine woman. And I believe that I see things, I see more things as energy now, uh, people and thinking into results. Bob Proctor taught me that just like, what is energy? How, what is the process? What is our mind? How do we make things what they are with the power of our minds? How do we think? How, do, how does that produce results in our lives and what is duplicated in DNA through generations? So for me, it's like as a masculine woman, I'm portraying more masculine traits. And uh, I think this is where I can say that I had a phase in my life where I questioned my sexuality. Like, do I like girls? Do I like guys? why am I attracted to this girl? Like, and now I see it as like, I don't, it wasn't that at all. I feel like I was attracted to not just women in general, but I would find myself attracted to a woman every now and then. And I was like, I don't know if this is right or wrong. Uh, Cause from what I'm told, this is very wrong, but it was like, I feel like my energy needed more feminine femininity femininity <laughs> from a woman and that was you know I feel like absent as a child too so I think it's super important and this is where I feel like God's truth and what Christianity is doing to help people and kind of give them an understanding of how things work uh just like basic concepts of life is like I think a child needs a good balance of masculine and feminine energy to like develop and to uh, I guess the ideal version of themselves. Um, so I think that's kind of the crisis that we have now. We have broken families. We have men who are more feminine. We have women who are using masculine traits because as a defense mechanism, they, they don't want to, well, I'm not going to say every woman, but I think every woman deep down wants to be loved and wants to receive love. We are Feminine energy is the receiving energy where masculine energy is the go out and get it and lead energy. And it's not just man, woman, it's just a masculine feminine energy. And, um, when, when little girls are being taught that they need to protect themselves and they need to be independent and they need to go out and get it, then 
they are becoming more masculine. And so they will reject more of a man who has masculine energy, who is going to take care of them. And maybe at some point in their life, they're going to realize like, I don't want to be this like boss. Like I want a boss. <laughs> I want someone to lead me and to love me so that I can be uh, a woman, a, a mother, like nurturing and, and receiving. And this has just been my personal experience is like, if this is how I'm starting to see the world and like where, where, where we should, I guess, put more energy into children. Um, and I guess I'm kind of seeing like the gap, at least where for me, I'm not really sure if that answered your guys's question or where I was going with this, but like, I feel like that's kind of, I feel like that's where people have a misunderstanding of themselves and who they are. I love, I love that. I love <laughs> it. And thank you. I'm really grateful, a little bit jealous, but really grateful <laughs> that you guys got mentored by Bob Proctor and you've been able to bring so much wisdom from him through this right. conversation. That's, that's dope. That's dope. That's deep. Um, I have a controversial question to ask on top of that um, because I think you, I think you I love the whole perspective you had of masculine and femininity in the world that we're living in today and mentioning that a lot of children come from broken homes you know and like I've experienced my my different things with you know with masculine role models in my life you know and I've realized and having awakenings and certain realizations as an adult I'm like oh wow that's that's why I'm like that because I was missing that or you know things like that and then I think it's kind of a relevant topic and it's a controversial question, but on the subject of gender, masculinity, femininity, do you guys believe in gender roles? Oh my God, dude, you literally read my mind. That was exactly where I was going <laughs> next because that dude, I, that's so important because it's like at what line, where's the line, you know, between masculine and feminine energy. Like I understand it. And I think every human has both of that, right. We're all energy and we both have some have more, some have more. Right. But like at what, and then at what point are we crossing the line? You like you brought up, you know, you're teaching women to be independent, you know, and then that, but then, then like what point, like, um, do you, is it okay for a woman to say like, no, I'm not going to cook and clean, you know, like, that's not what I'm, that's not, that's not the type of woman that I am. Like, so that this is great, great subject, bro. You're literally right. <laughs> so I want to hear, I want to hear from you guys first before like we come in. Yeah. Here. yeah I guess. So I can only speak honestly on obviously what I've experienced. So in a past relationship, we'll touch on this. I felt way now looking back being in something that feels right back then it felt very wrong. <laughs> um, and looking back, I realized I was so far in my masculine. I felt like I had to fend for myself. Everything was on my back. I was not very happy. Um, the list goes on, honestly, just things did not feel right. And I couldn't really put my finger on it, but I wasn't take, I wasn't being taken care of in the way that I needed to be taken care of. And for me, I realized later on, now being in something that feels healthy and what feels right, that I blossom and thrive best when I am able to be creative. And when I'm able to be creative, that means other things that are more masculine that could be, I don't know, just like maybe finances or, you know, certain things like, uh, I guess this isn't really masculine, <laughs> but anyways, Jordan takes care of certain things, right? And that's what also puts me in 
the receiving mode, like where I can be creative, where I feel like I can blossom, like um, Taylor was saying. But in the past though, I was never ever taken care of in those certain ways. And it was pushing me to be way too like imbalanced. And I guess in a way that would say like, I don't know if it's gender or if it's just me wanting to be more feminine. Um, maybe some people feel like they are feminine, but need to be more masculine, whatever feels right for that person. But I truly believe like there are roles that people play in relationships that are going to help them thrive the most. And I knew back then emotionally, mentally inside something was off and I just couldn't put my finger on what it was, but getting out of it and now putting myself into different situations where, you know, Jordan will take care of this and I don't have to worry about this. Coda has been to the park. He's been throwing the ball with him all day. So I don't have to come home and rush and do this. I can cook, I can clean, I can provide for my man in the way that I want to provide for my man. And it does sound very traditional. And I've always said back in the day, like, I'm not a traditional person, blah, 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 this and that. And I'm like, actually now, like later on in my life, after going through certain things, I've learned that I work best in more feminine energy. And I feel the best in my feminine energy. And I know Jordan can be his best in his masculine. And when he's taking care of me and when he's leading or guiding or makes some decisions that I'm just like this, that, this, that, this, that, like just fucking take my hand and push me this way because this is where we should go type of thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's my obvious viewpoint. Um, but I truly think like there are roles that humans play and some are more masculine and some are more feminine. There's just no other way of going about it. And it's interesting because I've noticed that I won't even say who it is, but in a relationship of somebody's who we spent some time with recently, I said to Jordan, I was like, it's so weird because I feel like this woman is just the masculine of the relationship and he's more of the feminine and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that but I just said it's interesting and whatever it might work for them that's where they're they find their balance and it, that is what it is that's their relationship but I know that there has to come to terms that there needs a balance in that where people can thrive because when you're imbalanced like you guys you know that feeling like things are just not right we're not working the best that we can be like I'm not getting my shit done. You're not getting your shit done. There's just tension. Like you feel that energy. So yeah, I totally 100% think that there are roles <laughs> that people need to, not need to, but that people do play in order to work at their highest for sure, for sure. <laughs> and I've lived both both aspects saying the like saying I don't need it. And then I'm like, oh, okay, now this is what it means to be in that energy and to actually feel it. So I guess I can speak from, from both sides. <laughs> quick comment before taylor goes i was like yesterday we were we were both kind of hangry in the morning <laughs> and i was like <laughs> like and you just decide where we're gonna go and like <laughs> it was so funny because she got kind of frustrated with me and like it was a reminder of like oh yeah i'll just decide i'll just get in the car and i'll go pick where we go and then problem was solved <laughs> and it was almost like it's funny because you're saying like you've naturally found yourself being wanting to be more feminine i'm like it's almost as if nature designed you to be that way <laughs> But go ahead, Taylor. Yes, and that's where I want people to have more clarity with, uh, I don't even, the church. Like my faith has grown so much more with the information that I've learned because the book of Genesis, the start of it all. If you ever question it, 
just like go back to basics. Life cannot be duplicated without a man and a woman, man and woman, like man and man can't make a baby. Woman and woman can't make a baby. So physically, biologically, life ends if they're the same. Mm -hmm. And that is where it's an abomination. It's not so much like morality, I guess, from my understanding and what I've developed, it's not so much like, oh, you're gross, you're bad because you like the same sex. No, it's life literally cannot be duplicated from that, from the two of you. So it's physically like not possible. Now, scientifically, yes, you can plan the baby with all this stuff that they're coming up with, but it's like, go back to basics. Man and woman make life. And so naturally there i a baby is born into an environment where habits and behaviors and personalities come into play so now it's like okay is the little boy raised with more of a feminine energy is the little girl raised with more masculine energy and i think that's where we all kind of come to an understanding later on in life like where we kind of serve better and um you know as as a woman now I'm I'm also realizing like I I feel so much better I apply myself so much better when I can be a full-blown woman and mom and a wife like that I love when my man leads and he has a vision and I can support him and I can help organize it and I can help be of support that's where I feel more enhanced and with anything, with any, with this, the podcast, with my team, with my organization, but more importantly, with my family, like that's where I feel like I serve better. And that's what we're all here to do. God's will is to come here, be fruitful, duplicate and provide service to everybody that we come across to make the world a better place. Like if you ever question it, just go back to basics. <laughs> like we're here to duplicate and make the world better than when we first got here. So that's kind of where I'm going to leave it at. I love that. I love that. I've never thought about it in that aspect of like, what is all the goal of all life in all forms, even the single cell, what is its goal? Duplicate. <laughs> And so, yeah, it, it, like I said, I have no opinion of like, dude, you love whoever you want to love. Like there is, that's a very interesting point of like, if you're going to make certain decisions, there's consequences to your decisions. And consequence of that decision is the ending of life or the ending of the continuation of the life. You right, have you, seen, have you ever seen the movie Lucy? And it explains, it explains in that movie um, that like a cell, well, your, your brain, right? Like you, we only use X amount of our brain, right? But every cell has to either one of two things has to either duplicate or it just becomes so like constrained in, in of itself that it just dies. Like it it's dies. over. Yeah. So if you can't duplicate, it dies. And, uh, and another interesting point too, I think you, you can look back at a lot of, um, you know, I'm a huge fan of history. You know, you look back at a lot of societies that we paint as examples of how not to be, including Nazi Germany. You know, and you can see lots of examples of um, the, the, what we're talking about, you know, with transgenderism and homophobia or home, like these kind of things where it's like those kind of cultures almost promoted it and turned it into propaganda. And it's like, why? Why is that like can be used as like a government thing or a propaganda thing and a media thing of like, let's suggest this, right? You know, like what's the consequence of that? And I think Taylor pointed it out. It's the consequence is the ending of life. It's the ending of procreation it's the ending of 
running upon your value to your like that's the whole point of having kids right it's like you've had this experience of life you've accumulated this information this wisdom this energy and experience and you can pass it along therefore to make the world a better place by giving your input and that's what i think i want to do in this world i don't i, I, I respect everyone's opinion whether you want to do that or not um, but my whole two cents on the gender role thing is like 100 percent. there are gender roles you know why and my 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 freaking hammer the punchline that you want to send our women to war absolutely not and if you say badass yes women, then, i mean yeah of course there are some badass women but generally speaking when that comes to this thing who's going to go up to fight it's the man yeah. right take care of the kids back home and exactly who's gonna take care of the kids at home <laughs> like that ain't my strength that ain't my support eh? you know like with me and angie's relationship i was touched by your words angie thank you i feel the same way because you know i'm able to go do shit i'm able to make decisions i'm able to say hey let's move here let's do this and she supports me and i'm able to like you know take control make decisions while i know that things at home are taken care of like Angie takes care of me as much as i take care of her like, and I, I feel so supported. I've never like been more grateful for where I'm at in my life because I have a woman at home who cooks for me, who cleans for me, who does that shit. And I've never had that. I don't need that. I can do that stuff myself, but it allows me to do the other things that I want to do more of, you know? And it's like, I, yeah, I do believe in gender roles and it doesn't have to be the traditional, like I go out, make the money and she stays home, takes care of the kids and cooks and cleans. That's just kind of how it happens to be for us. But like, that doesn't have to be that for everybody else. You know, I don't believe in that sort of traditional, like the woman has to be home cooking and cleaning and like the man goes out and gets it. Like Angie's a savage trader. She's, she's destroying. She's got an FTO amount comp, managing a hundred, hundred bands. Like that's, that's B, she's taking care of it in that way too, you know? So it's like, I think there's a balance that can be struck between a man and a woman, you know, but I also definitely believe that, yeah, women are better at certain things. I am better at certain things than she is. She's better at certain things than I am. That's just a natural design of the world like why am i stronger physically than a woman because i'm a man and so in order to, like i'm going to use my physical strengths the things that god gave me in, in the pursuit of creating life of spreading awareness of continuing life and providing value to the world so yeah 100 i believe gender roles because if you don't and you want to send your mom or your sister to war like I'm not gonna lie i'm a savage i give my opinion blunt that's fucked up bro <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm, I agree with you, Jordan. I think that there's, a, you know, I grew up um, in a household like where my dad and this is this is this is very common in the Mexican culture where like it, the the dad goes out and gets it. The mom stays home and cooks and cleans. Right. But it's almost a, it's almost too like the roles are almost too strong where mm -hmm. like the like. My dad, like, I remember, you know, obviously he's not like this now, but like, I remember before he had like this epiphany, right, is like my dad would like demand that there would be food, you know, at the table when he got home and that the food would be warm. And like, you know, he would demand like laundry to be done and the house to be clean and shit like that, you know, and like growing up, I was like, dude, like, that's not the type of, well, I had to get rid of the stigmas that were in my brain and you mentioned something earlier like oh yeah that's the way i am right like you know growing up i would like the way in like my earlier relationships i would like demand certain things of these of like my girlfriends of like the, the demand them to act a certain way and i would get pissed that they wouldn't and i realized that it was because of that 
uh, subconscious programming that I had. So like, I agree in gender roles. I agree, like everything that you guys are having hundred percent. I think that there is a level of awareness that somebody needs to have before it gets too demanding, you know, of, of it, because for example, like, you know, I hate doing laundry, you know, I've had, and I've had girlfriends that do my laundry, but then it's like going back and doing my laundry. It's like, damn, you know, there was one time where I was like, my, my shit's not clean. Like what the fuck, you know? And like that created tension, you know, because it was like a demand, like, bro, you can do your own laundry. And I knew that I could do my own laundry. I just expected it. You know what I mean? And like, it was that demand that like that trigger, um, which is what we talked about in, in, uh, our, when we did our episodes on relationships, Jordan, where it was like that, that trigger, it was like that trigger in both of us, right? Like she was triggered because like, bro, who are you to tell me, you know, like I'm doing you a favor by doing your dirty ass laundry and you're over here demanding me to do it. So I agree that there is roles. For example, both of these women agreed that they feel, at best, you know, when they're expressing creativity through being a woman, so do we like, dude, I've been doing shit around the house. I feel like more manly. I'm like, yeah, let me do some more stuff, you know? So it's like, I understand that. And it's not something like I would expect a woman to do, you know, like you're not going to go expect a woman to fix a car or change your own tires and stuff like that, you know? But at the same time, it's like, there has to be a certain control because I grew up in the culture that I come from. There is a, a very much a very strong demand on gender roles. Like, you know, they even teach little girls to like cook by the time they're like 12, 13. So that if the mom is out working, guess what the girl the, the 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 youngest or the oldest is at home making sure that when dad's home like there's food on the table and that's not the type of like roles i want to you know continue and and i want to kind of break that culture because it's it's wrong you know it's almost it's demeaning towards women and it's um just it's just wrong like i just like you're you're treating people you're not treating people as and then what happens is you, you're you keeping people constrained where they have mm-hmm. to obey by these goals and then you never let them express themselves so what happens is then it just kind of creates toxic relationships between people and you know and then we start getting into just like a whole different rabbit hole of what happens in life if you're not taught certain values right so like certain respect so i i think that like a woman does have to be um, quote unquote independent to an extent, you know, to an extent, like she's got to be able to not be with some fuck boy. That's not going to take care of her. Like she gotta be able to take care of herself. However, like there has, there, she also has to be able to nurture, you know what I mean? Cause that is like, a, a, a something that I, I want to say, expect that, that would be something that it's I would strength. Want. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, yeah. like as a man, I would want a nurturing woman. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, that's kind of like my, my two cents on that now. So that's good. I'm glad we're all kind of on the same page here. Nobody's going to throw fists. Nobody's going to throw hands. I, I want to add on that. I think you like with that whole aspect of like demanding from a woman, you know, and I, and in my experience, I found that like, if I'm taking care of my shit, I don't have to ask. Right. I don't have to ask for Angie to do anything. She'll do it. She wants to do it. And the same for her. Like, you know, Ooh, like, that's important. Friends. as a man you know if a woman demands certain things of you like wait i'm wired anybody demands anything of me yeah <laughs> like, cool. give them two you know so it's like but when you find that harmony and you actually find the flow of like that balance it's like it's natural it's natural for me to want to like take care of shit it's natural for me to want to go make plans 
make sure shit's taken care of, plan ahead for the future, plan for our family. Like that's natural. Yeah. That's you good. Both brought like a point of reflection to me. Uh, Mondo, when you were talking about like family dynamics and like with your parents and stuff, I was thinking, I'm like, oh my God. So I was so anti like roles for a while. And I'm thinking back, like when my parents got divorced, so my mom was always cooking, cleaning, like traditional, whatever, like my dad's hardcore Greek family. Like I'm surprised my mom had a job to be honest. Um, but that's besides the fact, but I saw that growing up that that's what my mom's role was and whatever the case may be. Maybe I just didn't see the, what is the word? I guess the appreciation side of it, yeah. like the, the gratitude with it. And I noticed when my parents got divorced, my role, like you were saying with that 12 year old girl, I felt that I needed to cook and clean, take care of my dad. Cause it was just me and my dad at that point. And I felt myself like, oh my God, like I literally would work late and be like, do you want me to pick something up? Like, or do, are you making dinner? Like, should I figure this out? Like type of shit. And I'm like wondering, I'm like, that's probably why I was so anti that for a while. Cause I didn't see the balance with it. It was just like, it was expected. I felt like this was my duty. And like what Jordan was saying, like when it, you feel like it's your duty and you have to do it, you don't want to fucking do it. Right. <laughs> so that's how I always kind of saw it and viewed it until, like I said, life experiences happened. And now I feel like I'm in that balanced relationship and role where it's like, okay, yes. Like, no, this is genuinely what I want to do, but it's just, I want to do it because they're doing this for me. So it's the transact. It's a positive transactional thing. Like, I don't want to use the word transactional because I feel like that takes the importance out of it in a way and just the, the positive energy with it. But you know what I mean? Yeah. One, uh, one question that I want to kind of finish things off with here is do you guys still think, and this this I'm glad that we have two entrepreneurial minded women on here because this, this, this subject hits home for a lot of women. Um, do you guys still think that women are undervalued in the marketplace monetarily? Like if a woman wanted to go out and work and they want to apply for the same position as a man, like a woman executive versus a man executive, do you think that they are still underpaid and undervalued just because of their sex, like feminine? Sorry, I'm getting fed a cookie. What's up, Michael? <laughs> um, personally, from what I've learned, and I think this is where uh, this has kind of taken the veil off of whether you're a man or a woman or a child or like we're all human. And uh, the basic laws that govern everything and what earning income is. It's how much energy do you exert? So Bob taught me that the law of compensation is your ability to do something, uh, the need for it, and how difficult it is to replace you. So I, this is where I feel like if a woman has an understanding, or not even a woman, but because of the question, if, if somebody knows their value, it doesn't matter whether or not, like if they're not valued at that place, if they give it their all, 
they will be rewarded for it somewhere else. There will be somebody waiting at the door to give you exactly to meet that transactional energy. So I won't say, I won't even put that on women that they are undervalued. I will say that a human is valued. And if they have an understanding of what they give, they will get that in return at, at a workplace in a relationship. So I think this is where we as a culture, as humans need to have an understanding of, of that right there. When we stop victimizing ourselves as a woman, I'm not going to sit here and tell women you're a victim to this and this and this. No, you're not. Like we're here to empower people and encourage more of what they are. So I, I want to help a woman understand where she provides more value so that she never feels as a victim, like, oh, I don't get paid as much as I'm worth. Well, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> are you going to go somewhere else where you're valued? Like, come on now, you're not a victim. And this is with anybody, man or woman. Um, so that's my, that's my two cents on that. Love Thank that you, Taylor, for bringing up the, the whole victim aspect of it, because that's Jordan loves that. I love that shit, dude. <laughs> Facts. Um, I feel like kind of going back to gender roles, like if you were to look at numbers and how many male CEOs there may be, it could look off skewed, but to bring it back, certain people are good at certain things better than others. And that's just the fact. That's just how life is. Some people are better at doing this than that. A male might be better at doing a certain thing that has to do with physical abilities than a woman. That's just the way that nature is intended and how it could be. And if you want to actually get better at something, then you put your energy into that and you get better at it. And statistics will show you improve. And that's just kind of the way that life goes. And yeah, I just exactly to go along with what Taylor was saying, I feel the same way. Like you have strengths, follow your strengths and know that you're worthy and you have value and find where you can fit perfectly or lead or just give them what you have to show and provide value. And life is just going to, you know, give you, give you it right back. Like exactly where you're worthy is like, you got to find your fit. So you just can't stay in one spot. If you feel like you're not being paid what you should, obviously, like it comes down to like, you are the person that are, that's choosing to show up to this job every single day. So if you're choosing that every single day, you also have the choice to not do that or find another path and find where you fit best. And obviously that you have strengths just like any other human being does. And you just got to follow those and figure out where that works best. I love that. I think whether it's, you know, the choice of life or the choice of how much you're getting paid, it's the, con I guess the conclusion to our conversation, man, and kind of like sum everything up is it all just comes down to your own worth. You know, it really comes down to like who you are, how you value yourself, your own opinions, and not giving a fuck excuse me, there's a baby right there, not giving, I'm not giving any, any opinion towards any thing or anybody else, you know? So <clears throat> I think that's good. I love that you guys both kind of answered that same way because 
I was hoping that you would actually, because <laughs> um, I think that it's big, you know, like whether it's a man or a woman, like dude, law of compensation is, is just that, you know, like you, you can get paid and you will worth as much as you personally think that you are worth it has nothing to do with who you are, where you live or where you come from, you know, because if it was to that, I'd be a statistic, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the conversations that I have with Jordan, you know, wouldn't be able to do the things that we're doing now. So I think that's that's so big for people and women are obviously right this this whole kind of episode was more mainly focused on just women but like women not being victims of the things that they that previously were victims of actually right because now it's not we're we're past that like now there's actual rights legally and you know people are involved uh, mentally and there's laws and stuff like that to protect certain things from happening so I think that there is now just understanding the power that we have within each other humans and people not just men and women and and then just being able to make decisions i think is a, a big skill to have nice. like like choosing where you're going to go to breakfast it's a big skill <laughs> it is a skill it is a skill and i i agree i agree to bring in more meta um i think it's it's insane you know we talk about a lot of these things like certain trends certain norms you know and like we bring up statistics and I love Taylor's aspect, like the whole victim thing, because, you know, you can either be a part of the statistic and continue the norm and accept that that's your destiny, you know, because guess what? Life is unfair. Life is painful. Shit happens. It happens to us all. Um, suffering, misery isn't something that's reserved for the poor. It happens to every single one of us. And there's a huge difference. You know, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. You know, so if you choose to cling on to the fact that you're disenfranchised because of this, because you're a woman, because you're of, of a color, if you're because you're of race, whatever it may be, because you're gay, because you're transgender, if you allow those things to define your outcome, you're giving away your power. You're giving away your ability to actually create the life you want to create. So I'm a firm believer of individualism. You know, once you realize your own power and your ability of your choices to influence your life, and you don't give that power away to the system, to the man, to anybody. That's when life actually gets good. That's a bar. Facts. Sheesh. Awesome. Well, ladies, do you guys have anything that you want to just say or any thoughts, final thoughts before we kind of wrap things up on just anything really? I'm just grateful to be here. Thanks for asking me for my opinion and picking my brain. Thanks for being on. Yes, thank you so much for inviting me. And I, all I would like to, to leave this with is I just pray that people um, have a better understanding of themselves so that they can be of contribution to groups of people, whether it's that it's our entire culture, the organization that they're in, their relationships, just people have a better understanding of themselves so that they can be a better contribution to others around them so thank you guys so much that i just being here is in alignment with my vision and what i want to accomplish so i really appreciate you guys for just inviting me and letting me be here thank you ladies for being on guys reminder this podcast is not free if you found any value today right you found any value you enjoyed this whatsoever again the podcast is not free you can either send me or mondo thousand dollars or you can just share it share it with somebody share it with somebody you know that needs to hear this conversation that's the price of this podcast 
That's the price of the value that we bring. Thank you, ladies, for providing the value. I'm sure people will be more than inclined to share with people because I got a lot of value out of this conversation. Again, thanks for being here, ladies. Yeah, for real, for real. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you much. Thank you for your opinion. Definitely picked up a thing or two as far as parenting and just different ideas and things like that. So I appreciate you guys. Much love to you guys. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And we will catch you guys on another episode. Peace.